November 16, 2021. It's the Watt for Pedro Show.
Pedro Show. Happy Tuesday. Start off the show with I'll Get By As Long As I Have You from John Coltrane. And then from Rosalie, Chokeweed Solo Guitar, Drinking From The Spring. And because of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I got Rosalie Middleman. Welcome aboard, Rosalie. Hi. Happy to be here. Got to give Brother Bill Nace credit for the connect once again. <laughs> yes, okay. Bill. So I'm interested in the journey through music that you've been on. But yeah. Let's, let's, let's go for, from the beginning. Okay, so earliest musical memory you still have? Um, both my parents are musicians. Um, they both play guitar and they, like currently, they, they still play kind of like jazz standards together. But growing up, they had a rock and roll band. And we would all, there's seven kids in my family, and we would all sing together, like a lot of traditional songs. And then also just growing up with parents, you know, in a band. Went to a lot of shows. Um, yeah, I grew up kind of learning. There are always instruments around. Um, can, even can though I, my parents can, are musicians, I'm self-taught. You know, it's just well, kind well, of... Well, well, what's the memory? Just the whole family situation of learning music? Or they all blend into one big... Yeah, um, I say the earliest is like... like for know. example, I had a guest on last week. And she had a memory from the womb. When she was in her ma's oh. womb. That's incredible. <laughs> I, I would say my earliest ones are falling asleep, um, like as a kid, to hearing my dad. He was playing, he'd play like the Bach cello suites and Yesu Joy on his guitar. And so even now, like Bach kind of, it's relaxing music anyway, but it, it brings me back to being very small. Yeah. Now, yeah. Do you, you know, there was guitars around that the pad and stuff were you the youngest of the seven no i'm kind of in the middle i'm in the, the fifth i just asked that because man you know i've been having a lot of guests that do experimental music and stuff and they seem to be the the, <laughs> the run of the litter huh and i, and I was yeah. wondering if it was just an anomaly or is there something to that man well yeah. obviously yeah. record collections right from if you're the firstborn you got nobody's except your parents collection <laughs> but maybe if you're a younger child you got cats closer to your age but they're ahead of you still. Yeah, and with having like old, older siblings and everybody's taste was completely different. So I had one sister, you know, she was super into punk. And so I heard a ton of that. And she gave like my first tapes. She gave me my first Walkman and like, you know, like Nirvana tapes. And um, that, those were presents. It, what, what was the first music yeah. you bought with your own money? Ooh, what was the first one? I'm trying to remember. Um, I, you know, I don't actually know. It may have been like Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. Okay, you, you got to remember, it's a lot for Pedro show. There's no yeah. hard questions and there's no wrong answers. I think it was something like that. And I had the first gig that you went and saw? Um, Other than like growing up going and stuff, I'd say like the, and... I went to a lot of punk shows, but I don't, I don't remember, you know, what they were. Um, but the like first, like, you asked me my first gig, and me and D Boone saw T Rex. I could tell you right like that, nineteen seventy three, Long the Beach first, Auditorium. The first big one I went to was with my dad. It was Fish, <laughs> playing in Grand Rapids at the Van Andel Arena. Okay, and so Michigan. 12, so uh, you know, Michiganers, when they want to show you where they live, they hold their hand out, so you'd be right I there know. under the pinky. Yeah, I'm like, 
middle, yeah, down under the pinky. Yeah, you, know, you know who was from there? Brother Steve McKay from Stooges on the saxophone. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think Gerald Ford, too, a uh, uh, boss we had for a little bit. Um, kind of a bag man, right? But he wasn't voted in. <laughs> so, so uh, <laughs> no, no sidetrack here, but at school, <laughs> were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? Yeah, I was in both in middle school. I played saxophone in middle school. and uh, Which one? Alto tenor? I played tenor. Okay. Oh, it's like John the, Coltrane. Now he's born yeah. in, in Hamlet, North Carolina. Yeah, and was and you know and lived in Philly for a long time. But at the time, no, I did in between in between High Point. Okay. I think in Hamlet only a little bit, but I, I did take the, the two Fratelli and the Senor de Mayanayo to see the. You know, I've always driven by the side, and I knew he was born by the side of the road. So I went and found the building, and this guy with a auto mechanic place saw us looking in. It's an NAACP building now. And he had the key to this room where they, you know, celebrate him. And he, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. So, uh, did they teach you how to read? Yeah, I did. But, you know, I don't really know how to read no, anymore. No, I mean, at that time, at that time. Yeah. Because you yeah. don't use it, you lose it, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I was in choir, so I knew how to sight read. And I was in our state honors choir. and. Wow. Did a lot of that. Um, what, what about after school, not graduation, but in the afternoon, like garage band, basement band, uh, bedroom band? Um, I, I played a lot with my siblings, but when I was in high school, I, um, I was in an all-women's bluegrass band with my a friend who was, was also in high school, and then uh, two older ladies who were probably in their late forties or fifties at the time. Um, and we played, we play like local festivals and things like that. What, was that where you did your first gig? Um, yeah, I would say, I think so. And Can you remember it. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I played mandolin, but I wasn't like a shredder on the mandolin. Um, but I, I was the singer mostly. So and, oh, and the mandolin it, came from like your folks kind of influence. Yeah, we had a a whole like they had like their group of hippie musician friends, and some of them owned a a Grange Hall. Oh yeah, and, I know Grange. It was kind of a union for farmers. Totally, and it was they. So on Friday nights, like everybody would get together and jam, and that's sort of like how I first got into impro improvising. There's a big tradition and. Um, you know, bluegrass music. You know, so, you know mandolin, yeah. I got to tell you this, like 100, 120 years ago, there used to be all girl mandolin orchestras, like 20, 30 of them, and they'd be all different sizes. And in yeah. fact, in fact, bass mandolin, tune in fourths, not like fifths, like violins and mandolins, the other ones. And it had frets. So Leo Fender really can't be credited with the first fretted bass. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, no, that's why you've heard yeah. of precision bass, right? A P bass. That's totally. why. That's why he called it a precision because it had frets. Because all the other basses, the big doghouse, right? It, they were like <laughs> giant violins without chin parts. But actually, in these mandolin orchestras, because I saw one at McCabe's guitar set, and I saw these pictures on the wall of these women bands, 
like 20, and they're all mandocellos, all these different sizes of them. They, they did all the, the range of the frequencies by the different size. I think what they thought in those days because of the problem with the timbre and, you know, intonation, you just make the instruments the same kind but different sizes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Yeah. My dad actually is currently playing in a mandolin orchestra. Oh, bitch. So uh, tell me about that first gig. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the festival. It was like a small bluegrass folk music festival in Michigan, like one where you camp out. Um, but being like a teenager, you know, it's like it just seemed like the wildest time. We'd camp out and... We played, we didn't have any original songs, you know, we played a lot of traditionals, but yeah, it was the first time because there were like, you know, a lot of people there. Um, Were you you scared? Um, not, not really. At that I get more nervous now. It's funny than I I still get scared. I guess (laughs) fucking shit. Pick analog. I just came back from three gigs. The first uh, gigs in an airplane out of town in 20 months. Oh man, yeah. I just got off a tour with Long Hots, my other band, okay. uh, two days ago. Now the, these and, bluegrass ladies. Uh, what was the name of that unit? Yeah, that's I can't remember. I was okay, trying that's to. Okay, that's okay. Remember no wrong answers. Jesse, because I'm trying to remember what we were called. It was so long ago. Anyway, um, anyway, did they tour? No, it was just kind of like the older ladies, like their husbands, all played in different bands. It was you know, kind of their, their outlet for it. Sure. So we just played like local things and, um, Did you learn a lot from them? definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, we, like, we've, we've kind of lost that where old dudes, older people play with less older people. Yeah. I, 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 uh, my last tour before the situation, uh, I had a drummer 40 years younger than me. So maybe we're getting back to that. Because they were always marketing rock and roll as a youth thing. You can't do that now with 80-year-old Rolling Stones. You gave me this music, Silver Eyes. I want to play that, okay? All right.
wants deep, wants deep eternity, and I'm jumping for a permanent heaven. Sky.
was mind-bender, a real rear-ender, crashed and broken, shut and open.
So start off that chunk of music with Silver Eyes from Rosalie. Then few songs. She's got a new album, uh, Days and Nights. I think it's called New Decade. She's getting back into music big time. Uh, Neil Turpin, this is a drummer man out of Leeds, England, and uh, he made a record where he played everything, dealing with the situation. Just Joy, Permanent Heaven. Wands Dover got to play with him at the Unhinged Festival Friday. He's great, great cat. Dead in Texas. The Morning Walk. Then SLWCC Watt, Mindbender. This is a project, a collab with uh, Sam Lock Warden, Iowa City. Lagoon Monster Rubber Mass, Volume 3, Part B2. More from Bronze Age UFO out of Baltimore. And then James Twig Harbor and Rubber O. Cement with Twist with the Spiral Gangwatangs. And finally, Rosalie, Pour Over Ice. After you graduate school, do you go to higher education for music? Uh, I didn't go for music. I went for art. Um, You'd be music ain't art? Well, it, it is. Studio <laughs> art, I'm just having fun with you. <laughs> no, it's weird how it's all split up like that, right? I've had people on the show, though, like The Last Cat, uh, kind of musicals. And I think we're mixing more together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what kind of art? Uh, like visual? Visual art. And I well, actually, I originally went to study biology. Um, I went to a school <laughs> in Minnesota, but I just found myself gopher? being pulled to art. So, <laughs> Were you a golden gopher? Uh, I went to Carleton College. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I got played there once. 
but with, with, oh, fire, with fire hose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a time when, yeah, bands could play colleges all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that stopped a long time ago, though. It, it, it kind of tailed off a long time ago. And, and uh, okay, t yeah. When you went to do your art thing visually mm -hmm. and bio biologically, did you still <laughs> keep music somewhere in your life? Oh yeah, I I mean I I had a couple bands in, in college and I was always playing and writing. Um, but it's one of those things like I I wasn't I didn't think I was good enough as far as to, to study it. Like my reading comprehension wasn't great, and um, and in a school like that, it didn't really have like a program. I, I guess for music that I was interested in, in playing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I played a lot in you know bands and just on my own. And in a college town, there's you know a scene you can play gigs and. Did you remember yeah. the first song you wrote? Um. Ooh. I we well growing up, we wrote a lot of like just goofy songs with like funny lyrics and yeah. silly stuff like that. But I think the first song I can remember, yeah, it was in my college band, and we were called the June. Um, and the, there, I wrote a lot of the songs for that band. Do you remember the first June gig? Yeah, we played at the cave at, at Carlton. Um, and it was with another college band. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Like tons of people were there. It was like the kind of one of the first shows where I felt like, oh, this is it. This is this is what I want. <laughs> and you weren't playing mandolin, were you? No, I played guitar and bass. My friend Kanishka and I, we'd switch. Oh, bass. Me. When did that happen? Yeah. When did you start playing bass? Uh, I just, in college, I guess. I didn't play it at all in high school, but. Um, and what was your first bass? I never owned it. I would. Oh, I'd borrow, okay. <laughs> I, so Kanishka had a bass, so I, I would use his. And it was like a, I think it was like a Rickenbacker ripoff. It's okay. like just a cheap bass, Simulate, but simulation. Yeah, and and I played it kind of more like you would play a guitar, I guess. But yeah, you know, I, I wanted to ask you the question <laughs> from your experience with it: four string guitar or four string drum set? Yeah, four string guitar is how yeah. I. Yeah, because like, I'm really getting this idea about the four string <laughs> drum set. No, because the notes, right? We're closest to the kick drum and four time, maybe, but none of that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, on the guitar, that's more like the cymbals and the hi hat, snare drum. So, uh, uh, did you like it? Was it hard on your fingers? It was hard on me, the big string. Oh, it was, but I did like it. It, you know, it's, it simplifies it. There's only four strings and. I do like the lower register, um, and I play baritone gu guitar as well. Yeah, that's trippy. That is a yeah. trippy instrument because it's a low note, but it don't have the punch of the big strings. Right. And they're closer together. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, it creates like when you have like a, a three piece or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they you, they doubled it a lot with uh, country western music, even hard rock and those Aerosmith records. Uh, yeah, a lot of because it isn't as punchy as a bass guitar. When you uh, double a guitar with those things, it really beefs them up. 
Uh, and then they used this, this thing called the Tic Tac bass, right? And the, the Patsy Cline kind of stuff. It, baritones are in interesting. One day, they're just so little for me. I'm used to the the, the cables. The little string uh, one I got is this Hofner Beetle bass. They got little flat wounds. So during the gigs, did you and the, the other cat uh, switch off guitar and bass between songs? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, we'd um, switch back and forth. He was a better guitar player than I was at the time. So oh, like, but not okay. anymore. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. think he plays that much anymore, but... For some people, music's just a little brief thing in their life, huh? Yeah. I, I've seen that a lot of times. And then other people, they just can't fucking quit like me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember John Coltrane <laughs> reading about John Coltrane asking Miles Davis, you know, Miles, I can't stop playing. What can I do? And Miles <laughs> said, well, you take the motherfucking mouthpiece out of your motherfucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he wrote in his book, the Quincy True book. Yeah. So, uh, what, what do you do after college? Or, or, or let me ask you first: Did yeah. any of those college bands tour? No. What about record? What's that? I'm record. R e c o. Here we can't talk at the same time. That's why we're having trouble. R e c o r d. Oh, we made we did record in. Um, but we didn't do anything with it. We just kind of did it for ourselves. And then we stopped playing because one of the members graduated. So we do have like a recording somewhere. Um, but yeah, it's never been out in the public. Yeah, because I noticed <laughs> among this music you gave me, there's no none of the June. No. Okay. What do you do after college? Um, I moved to Vermont and I work as a cheesemaker, milking cows. No, I mean musically. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sort of ties in. So I'm, I, the guy I was dating at the time, he and I, he's a, he was a musician. He is a musician. Um, and actually during college, he and I got really into more of the experimental improvisational music. Um, really just playing for ourselves. We'd have other people come and play as well. Um, but we, so we were both farmers like in the daytime and then we would play like art galleries and uh, other weird spaces that was a lot more improvisational music. Does this have a, a name? Is this the Monocot? Uh, no, that's, that's a recent thing. Okay, um, it okay. had, we went by um, Secret Americans and Blood Like Mine. Oh, um, so you didn't give me any. No, I didn't. We, well, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we never put anything out. I should have. I should have thought to. But we were actually about to. This is how I ended up releasing my first record on Silt Breeze because uh, Tom was going to put out one of our records. It was like a back date, like back recordings from like a decade's worth of music. And we got all the way to the point of we, you know, we picked all the tracks, put it together. I went over, we had broken up at this point, but we were still friends. And I went over to his house to get the files to have him mastered. And he ghosted me. <laughs> well, and that, so, that means like <laughs> hiding, like? Yeah, he was just, he didn't answer the door. When yeah, I answered yeah. My... That's what they say now, ghost. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we, we so, would say, we, we, uh, me, me, my day, they, we'd call it the, I remember there was a fear song, get in the brush. Like it was the brush off, right? The brush. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now they say ghost. Okay. Just ignored well, I, me. <laughs> thank you for that uh, 
Rosalie, for that uh, education. <laughs> I don't sound so old-fashioned. I'll, I'll be able to say that. But that was fucked up of him. Fuck that. Yeah, Look, we're was. at the end of the first hour. November 16, 2020. Just Peter's her special guest, Rosalie Middleman. Hold tight for hour two. November 16, 2021. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro. He 
See the happy fools who love to dance They'll be staying high tonight in their baggy pants The DJ's temple must be destroyed But his myth will grow even stronger in the void And there are those written in memory stone Who had to walk from being flesh, blood, bone to be immortal After all Birdman has to sing Of the hungry sorrows that devour him Hear the funky white boy's whistles blow They'll be dressed for desert war in their khaki clothes And there are those written in memory stone Who had to walk from being flesh, blood, bone to be immortal After all The man who de-invented Oh, he reinvented Is laughing At all this Deadest, deadest of dead, dead poets On repeat loop, death In a dead, dead decade Something of him Still lives Do their dreaming in the ground Wrapped in shrouds of pure timeless sound And their names are written in memory stone They had to walk from being Flesh, blood, bone to be immortal After all Names are written in memory stone They had to walk from being Flesh, blood, bones to be immortal After all Thank you.
Radio Show. We start off the second hour. Rosalie doing Mouth. And Kevin he- Haywick with Memory Stone. Bombas Prendon. Backwards Tape Masking. Violent Squid. They were on that uh, Unhinged Festival I did Friday. Wonder Complaints for a Conversation. And then Long Hots. This is the college band, right? Die, Long die, hot. die. <laughs> Long Hots is a Philly band. It was the it's Philly correct. band. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the June was the college band. Yeah. yeah. Idiot. idiot. Right. Okay, but we're not Philly yet, right? We're up in Vermont as farmers? Yeah. Uh, well, so we're farmers, and then we moved to Philly, and we were still making music. Okay. And then that's when he ghosted me. Okay. You're after okay. years of being in Philly. Okay. And, and, and Long Hots, is that with him? No. Long Hots is uh, – so that started four years ago, and that's uh, with my friend's – Eva Killinger and Catherine Lippman. Okay. Eva played drums in Spacin. Um, and I moved in with Eva. Uh, we were both going through some stuff, and we moved in together, and we decided to start a band. Ah, Catherine, music is Catherine, a lifeline. I like that therapy. Yeah. <laughs> we no, were just, really, you, know, you don't know how many times music has helped me, Rosalie. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It, I would say that the band kind of, like, saved my life in a way like it was a whole different energy it's you know heavy garage we call it basement boogie um, <laughs> in which work guitar uh yeah i played guitar and um yeah so we just started jamming and we invited Catherine to live across the street and it took us a little while to figure out like you know what do we sound like and then once we hit on it uh, that was it and we've been we just did a two-week tour on the West Coast. But, okay, when did you get to Philly? I moved to Philly in 2007. Seven. So, and this band's from four years ago, so for th- th- three years there, right? Yeah. Kind of yeah. Time. Okay. So it took like 10 years after I lived in Philly to start that band. <laughs> and so when you gave me this stuff called Rosalie, this is Woman yeah. Alone? That, um... So yeah, that's like we're my... going to play your song next, right? Yeah, and that's you. That's, uh, uh, that's... well. Did you get into the multi-track thing, the four-track? And yeah, yeah, I I did a bunch of that like in college. Yeah, and oh, along with the Jew, like yeah, just like personal, you know, exploration. I was super shy and never put anything out, even though I performed and all of that. I just I don't know why, but I just never got. to to the point of being feeling like I was ready to release stuff, even though I was multi-tracking four tracks. And then, you know, once computer technology sure. caught up to being able to do that really easily. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, uh, well, you didn't release, but do you have the stuff? I, I don't think I do. I, you know, a lot of the improv stuff, um, that's with my ex. And oh, so yeah, I have like yeah, some of it. Not... Here, I want to play the song, your song.
Oh
For Pedro, show that chunk of music. Rosalie with your song. Then Cedric Noel, brand new Dove. The Ophelia's out of Cincinnati with Vices. Team Dresch out of Olympia. Great bass player, Donna Dresch. Fake Fight, the yo-yo version. Nick Hudson with Comeback When There's Nothing Left. And Rosalie with Bones. Tell me about that tune, Bones. Um. So, yeah, that's off my recent record. Um... So I wrote it real I was real angry one night. I had dysfunctional relationship. Not I was not in a band with this person, but um 
you know, like one of those push pull situations. And I was walking home just mad and kind of was thinking of the lyrics that, you know, it's kind of the, the, the chorus part. Um, so I got the structure of it and then I recorded that whole album with the David Nance group, an Omaha rock band. Um, what did you, yeah, let's talk about the record. Yeah. You, you went to Omaha and recorded. Yeah. With some, okay. What studio? Uh, we recorded it in a basement. Yeah. <laughs> My, no, and, this is what you can do these days because yeah. it's not all bad new days, right? No. You like, can use the internet for more than spreading lies and bullshit. You can actually collaborate. Or you can make studios with more Econo equipment and not have to give it to somebody else. All exactly. the bones. Yeah, yeah. And, and and how did you, how, what was the connect with these Omaha cats? Well, I, I kind of knew them peripherally, you know, just from the music scene. But um, Long Hots went on a tour with uh, David Nance. Oh, group, okay. Um, and like the summer of 2019. And I had been writing all the songs, like forming, forming them earlier that year. But I didn't really know yet what I was going to do and sort of midway you know through the tour I think we were in Detroit you know Dave was like we want to be your backing band for your record oh so you didn't even solicit it was them no oh they offered I was so flat and stoked yeah so So, so what was the process did you make them little demos or would you just play it for them and say hey what do you want to do or did you say hey play this part that were you the you were the shot caller but what was the process (laughs) I I sent them not really demos. Like, I'm always like, what's the point in demoing if you're going to go to the trouble? Yeah, right, right. It? I heard Pete Townsend, you actually, when you record with him, you record on the demo. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, Joey Warnaker was on the show a few weeks ago, and he was talking about, yeah, you're replacing the demo drum part on the demo. Because Pete don't want to do it again, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know. I, I think from my background of being – like into improvisational music and growing up with musicians i you know the people i play with i want i want their ideas i want what they do so i sent them you know just like my casio drum beat and then the you know me playing and singing on top of it just so they could learn it and you know we would talk about sounds like reference different records but really we just went there and hung out for 10 days straight and played, you know, just played it in, in first thought, best thought kind of approach where we, we tracked most of it live other than, you know, guitar and vocal overdubs and some other like things, but just to get the energy, the, the rawness of the live band. Um, because it's kind of fun making a record with a band that already exists because they have their energy that they bring to it. And they're they got the really... chemistry and they know how to read each other. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, was, and it was just... Was it mixed over there? Uh, no, we mixed it uh, in Philly. My friend Quentin Stolstas, he has a studio called Silent Partner um, that's kind of new. So he, yeah, he mixed that. There. And would you uh, call it like produced by Rosalie? Yeah, I would say it's co produced okay. by, by Rosalie, by me, and um, Jim Schroeder, who's the one who recorded it. Now, when you and, say improvised performances, did you have too much and then you like edited down? Um, Not really. I mean, we would do maybe like two or three takes of it 
and they weren't they weren't fully improvised but yeah that it, just kind of letting seeing how it where the energy went you know if this is going to be like faster or heavier and then and then with kind of some of the hooks that came in that was you know be like oh yeah plug in see what happens (laughs) well yeah like like you bring the source right you bring the launch pad the springboard and then they react to it and then there's the third thing that results out of that right yeah exactly and then in mixing that's where i start getting bossy and calling the shots yeah 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 getting it square well somebody's got to have got to you got everybody's hand on the rudder. You start right. doing loops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe yeah, you know, every, life's about taking turns. What the what the heck? But it's kind of neat because you don't really know at the beginning how's because you don't know the reactions, right? And exactly. then then you're left with that third thing, and then there's the mix thing on top of that. A lot of layer yeah. of a of, of a unknown opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when you get like into the nitty gritty, but yeah, the, like the way people reacted, I feel like there's some things that were very, you know, like unexpected for me or surprising and some kind of um, parts that might have this, um, I don't know, like a weird juxtaposition, you know, there's the one song, I don't think I sent it to you, but it's like, it's more of like a mellow we call it like our lime in the coconut song. Gary <laughs> Nielsen, one chord, right? C7. Yeah. Look, we're at, the like, end of, we're at the end of, we'll go on, yeah. but we're out of time here. So the end of the second hour, uh, November 16, 2021. This Watt special guest, Rosalie Millman. Hold tight for hour three. November 16, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro's show.
flies over the mountain. You stand at the cliff's end. You peer over the edge. The majesty of the landscape before you is truly breathtaking to behold. A bird flies over the mountain. You look at the canyon's bottom. So very, very far down. Everything seems so small. So insignificant in the grand scheme of things. So very, very far down to the ground. flies over the mountain. You breathe deep. You close your eyes and hold open your arms wide. You feel the wind pass through your hair. You feel the wind pass against your face. over the mountain. What creature more free than a bird? What joy to soar so impossibly high? High, so high. A bird flies over the mountain. You behold the majesty of the landscape, the ground so very, very far down. You close your eyes and you sigh. A bird flies over the mountain.
some oxygen. Now I want 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 some oxygen.
Live from Pedro Show, we started off third hour with Copenhagen from Rosalie. Then a bird flies over the mountain from boundless relaxation. That's Sam Lockwood uh, branching out to other ways of expressing himself. Tevik Fritoyov. Fritoyov. Forgive me. I destroy another language. And he calls this song his name. Tevik Fritoyov. Fritoyov. God damn. <laughs> Things are hard. When you read them and you think he's going to say it, then the, the sound comes out and it's all wrong. It's fucked up. Petrified Max <laughs> after that, Blue Skies Always. And then Rosalie with Tender Heart. T- tell me about the words. Do you have like a a reservoir, a, a, some spiel account? That, or do you write to, to order uh, on demand? I... Uh... Both, I would say. I I keep a lot of journals, you know, I'll write both handwritten or I'll keep a note in my phone, just keep like thoughts down. And then from that, if I kind of have like a few lines, then I, I'll build and write around that. There are a couple songs that I kind of wrote the words for in the moment on this record. Like I had, I, I knew the melody, I knew the cadence of things, but I just like Shortly before we were going to record, I sat down. I'm like, I have to finalize these words. Right, right, <laughs> so that, right. Well, I yeah. know Mick Jagger does that all the time. He writes in the studio as they're doing the tune. Yeah, I've done that a few times. And sometimes it, the pressure of it helps, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> time to shit the peak analog. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise, <laughs> right, it's too lax and maybe you don't yeah. get the... Well, did you ever have like some words? Hey, guys, I want to put music to these words, or is it always the music first and then the words come in? The music first, usually. What about titles? Titles always last, and I'm t- I'm not great at naming things. I'll just be like, oh well, that's you know that's uh, the main word, or <laughs> you know, on the, on the Germs album, right? There's a song called the other newest one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what. <laughs> There was two new ones. Yeah, the other one. <laughs> yeah. It has, it has nothing to do with the spiel and the... No. It kind of does. I think Darby, you know, because he was a poet and stuff. But, I mean, maybe t- <clears throat> titles are utilitarian. You know, you can't copyright them. I asked that question, though, Rosalie, because uh, I always have to have them first. Or I can't have a focus on the two. So, and, like, That's... nobody I know does that, Harley. <laughs> like the title of the song you write The title first, comes the... first, yeah. Yeah, huh. Like Bob Dylan wrote propaganda songs. I came up with that title. Now I got to write some music and uh, verses. But now, now I got it. I got the title. Yeah, that's, I think because part of my songwriting approach is kind of like film. Mm-hmm. Because it, composing on the bass is trippy. You leave so much space for everybody else, you know, to collab on. Especially with Dee Boone. I never had to teach him, right? Because we grew up playing. So I just play oh. shit for him. Same thing with his songs. He just play. The only guy we had to teach was Georgie because we... We didn't meet him till after high school. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know what I mean? You get that kind of a oh, neck that, that you can't ever redo it again and stuff. But then I got used to that. And uh, there was just something about the song tells. That's why I asked that. I want to play this. Uh, remember I asked you about this project? The, the monocot. You said it's recent. Yeah. And it's called Ruby Throated. Let me play that. <laughs> Thank you. 
Watch for Pedro Show. Last music for this edition. This is Monica, which is a improv duo with Jason Gerizes. <laughs> I think it's Gertrude. Yeah, it, it's a Polish. And I'm trying to remember. I'm like, man, do I not know how to say Jason's last name either? But I think <laughs> the Polish thing, like, we don't need these uh, vowels, you know, so they put the consonants together. So, yeah. but, but it's a beautiful language. And just because I'm retarded doesn't mean it can't be spoken correctly. But I'm sorry. It's called Ru Ruby Throated. And then Nadja out of Berlin with Sunwell and Long Hots again with Boogie Trance. This was the big jam. Yeah. <laughs> big jam. But tell me about Monica, because you say that's kind of recent. Yeah. Um, I So I've, I've, I've known Jason for a few years through touring, and I was working on some guitar stuff on my own, and I, I love his drumming style. And so I asked him if he wanted to. I had a song and I was like, can you overdub drums to this? Which I know is kind of almost an impossible request. <laughs> Especially if there's no like beat there I'll already. You, I'll tell you the trippiest overdub. There's a movie, right? It's called Zachariah that Elvin Jones is in. He's a cowboy. He's like a gunslinger. <laughs> and there's a part, it's early 70s, right? And James Gang is playing, right? Joe Walsh when he was in oh, the yeah. Ohio trio. And, uh, after shooting something, somebody guy tries to gunfight Elvin. He shoots him to death. Then he gets, he takes the drummer's drumsticks and start doing this fucking solo, right? Well, they, <laughs> the, when they make in the movie, they fucked up the recording. So Earl Palmer, way after the fact in Hollywood, had to like redo that solo to match the movie. <laughs> oh my god! You think? Yeah. So talk about play. What's well, hard? Most yeah. one-man band situations, I found out, the, like Dave Grohl, Stevie Wonder, Prince, they would start with the drums. Yeah, I'd imagine that's... Well, he did here. a great... I think he did a great job here. Yeah, well, he... So, what ended up happening is that he said, let's just jam, so... Oh, he, he just threw out the old. Yeah, so he came out to Philly. He lives in Cleveland. He came out to Philly, and we borrowed a friend's practice space and just recorded for three days kind of just you know improvising after every you know session we'd be like what happened i don't know what happened <laughs> like no memory <laughs> and so he went back and he all the songs off that record are kind of from the same night it was like late into the night 3 a.m and we yeah we were really stoked about how it turned out um and Monica, so yeah, why Monica? We were trying to come up with a name. You know, there's it's hard. Name. It's always hard. But yeah, Monica. It's Monica Leiden. It's a type of plant or a type of leaf. Uh, it's a classification of a of plants. Like ah, a single... the biology connect. Yeah. <laughs> you see, everything comes around, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You never people. We never graduate till they put us in the ground or bury us at sea. That's right. Life is a fucking classroom. Uh, that's so. But I think that's bitching in a way. People, oh, a writer's block. I have no source material. Yes, you do. Just remember. Yeah. <laughs> Just remember. Yeah. Wow. And then this, this, this boogie trance. This long hots. Yeah. Was that a jam? That was. Yeah. That that started off like the first half of that song was one song, and then we were playing another night. So the, the boogie part was yeah. a song. 
And then we're playing another night and we recorded the trance part. And then I was kind of like, well, they're in the same key. They're kind of in the same vibe. Let's put them together. (laughs) (laughs) How it became Boogie Trance. So. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And where can people find you on the internet? Uh, RosalieMusic.com. That's my handle on social media and all that too. Okay. O-R-S-A-L-I. Music. dot com, people. And from there, you probably got links to other stuff. And uh, what do you have going right now, this moment? This moment, I was doing a little work, watched my dogs, but no, I'm, about, I'm wise, ready to go tour. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone on a Rosalie tour in two weeks with His Golden Messenger. And, and, and when you say Rosalie, is it woman alone or is there an uh, ensemble? Uh, it's going to be a duo with my friend Emily Robb. Okay. Um, she's a Philly musician. So we're doing stripped-down versions, mostly of the new record. So oh, that's happening. So, so they're going to be reinterpreted in a way. Yeah, a little bit, yep. And yeah, then we'll do so full- people don't expect a karaoke machine. No, no. <laughs> you can never expect that. I know, that was a lame joke. Sorry, Rosie. <laughs> And, and what advice would you give to somebody get, getting into music? Not, not just even young, right? Maybe Joe Biza didn't start guitar till he's 27. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to just do your thing. I don't know. You got to be prepared. Don't expect um, any kind of easy path. So just develop what your sound is and what you like and surround yourself with musicians you love. I think that's great advice. <laughs> really good advice. And I wish you luck, everything with this tour and uh, future music stuff. Please come back and bring it and talk about it. That'd be great. Thank you. Very, very well. People, it's been what, uh, it's November 16th, November, what from Pedro Show Edition. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>